Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, and also the CEO and founder of Church Boom. Today, you get to be a part of a live coaching session with a pastor who's facing the same type of struggles and concerns that you're facing. If you enjoy today's podcast, make sure to give us a like, a share, or a subscribe. Today, I had the opportunity to do a live coaching session with Toby. He is a pastor in San Diego, running a great church there. And today, we're talking about how do we get more plugged in as a church to our community to the point where if our church was to disappear, that people would actually notice? Check out the live coaching conversation. Hey, man, it's good to have you on the uh, on the podcast. And uh, man, always good hanging out with the Reverend Toby Ray. For those that are watching, this is Toby Ray from San Diego and a uh, great friend and uh, love coaching him and his church. And this is an opportunity to coach him today. So, man, good to see you, buddy. How can I how can I serve you today? Ah, oh, great. Glad I can be here with you. Um, it's hard to it's hard to come up with just a couple questions when I only get you for 20 minutes. <laughs> I got to ask the right questions. <laughs> ask um, the right questions, buddy. <laughs> but I know that you in your in your history of pastoring and planting churches, you were very successful at community outreach. Um, the mm. churches that I have been a part of as youth pastor and associate pastor and other stuff um, have not had real successful community mm. uh, engagements. So I'm wondering if you can just speak into good ideas, ways to go about it, ways to think, ways to process what's going to be successful in actually getting out, getting your people out the door and into the community to do things that would um, benefit the community. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I uh, Isn't it funny? I, I always think that... Um, <laughs> I always tell people this. I said, if you want to be unique as a church, reach out. <laughs> because if you're in a city, you know, where you've got 50 churches or 100 churches or how big or small your city is, and you actually reach out, you'll actually be unique because no one ever really does that, and <laughs> yeah. I, which I think is so funny because I'm thinking, isn't that actually what we should be doing? But uh, one of the things I think that when people think outreach, uh, I think people always think of, okay, we're going to go feed the homeless or we're going to provide some clothing, which obviously is amazing and right and good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more of a, I, I love that, but I'm also a, a fan of how do you learn to love where you live? How do you learn to partner with the mayor or the, the superintendent of schools? What would it look like instead of, instead, not, I'm not saying it's bad, it's good, Okay, we're going to feed the homeless. That's great. Every church kind of does it. I don't know why, but every church either feeds the homeless or gives out backpacks. I don't know what it is about the, the backpack giveaway, but <laughs> yeah. for some reason, we all think that's the, but it. But beyond that, you know, it's like, well, what about, what about, how do we partner with the mayor? How do we partner with the superintendent? How do we sit down mm-hmm. in front of them and say, hey, what are some needs, superintendent of schools, mayor, chief of police, chief of the fire department, and what are some things we could do for you? How could we help you? You know, we don't have all the money in the world. We don't have all the resources in the world. We don't have all the free labor in the world. But we could do something. Right. And I, I'm a big fan of churches saying, you know what? Try, try. Here's what I always tell people. Try out a surf Saturday. 
Man, get, get try to serve Saturday. Get some projects. Maybe that's maybe that's uh, painting a couple classrooms at a school, or redoing the teachers' lounge, or redoing a lounge at the police department, or the fire department, or cleaning up a park for the mayor who says, "Man, we, we just don't have the budget to get this park clean, and it's kind of a mess, and the swing set needs to be repainted, or whatever it is." But how can we figure out ways to serve? the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can get a couple projects and then put together a serve Saturday, get 10, 20, whatever amount of people out and then go and serve the community. Don't, and I always tell people, don't say you're going to do it forever. Just say, we're doing this one serve Saturday. If it goes over well, man, hit the mayor up and the chief of police and the schools and the teachers and all that again, do another serve Saturday three months mm-hmm. from now. But figure out ways that truly connect with the city uh, and meets the needs. I love what Tommy Barnett always says. He's he's known for saying, find a need and fill it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important thing. Like find a need, whatever that need is, find it and fill it and, and, uh, um, and get your church behind that. I think that you'll find such an incredible value for your people and for the community. Get to the point. I wrote a book called Indispensable Church, and it talks about like how to learn to love your community. And the whole kind of premise of the book is, is this. And we've all heard this a million times. If your church was to shut down, would anybody in the city know it? Like, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, I, about six, seven years ago before I wrote that book, I was sitting there and someone said it at a leadership thing. I'm like, oh, Lord, think of something new. And then I felt like God just got a hold of my heart and thought, okay, well, yeah, it's an old statement, but can you evaluate it for a moment? Does anybody even care that your church leaves or would it be like, oh, that Rite Aid over there? Yeah, that that used to be a church. Get to the point where it's like, man, the mayor, the chief of police, superintendent schools, the the homeless shelter, the uh, whatever it is, the place that works with handicapped kids or whatever it is. Get to the place where those people would be absolutely nervous if they thought you guys were going to shut down or you were going to leave. Right. I don't know if anybody in the city actually cares if we leave outside of those that go to our church or use our services. Sure. Outside of that, it's like, I don't know if anybody cares. Mm-hmm. I don't think the mayor is worked up if we leave or anybody else for that matter. Could we, could we serve the city so well that they're frightened if we left? Right. Uh, we do that, and we got a voice in the city, and we have an impact in the city. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the way you do it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um. Uh, the second question is, um, I, I tend to do, because um, I'm a doer, um, I tend to lead by example um, in thinking that staff and other people in the church will follow. Um, right. They'll learn to do what the pastor does and they'll kind of follow along. Right. Uh, unfortunately, that's not always successful. <laughs> so in motivating people to uh, get on board to do things, uh, right. especially starting with the staff, Right. I don't know, just, just speak into, um, it's like I've never said do this or else. Um, I've never just been that kind of leader. Maybe I need to be. Maybe I need right. to say, hey, you know, like we, me and you, we talk about engagements, getting the new people in the church onto a team. Right. Um, I've recruited about 24 new engagements this year, and the entire, awesome. staff, the entire staff behind me has recruited three. 
Um, so, that's not awesome. <laughs> so the first part was awesome. The second part, not so awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, but as you taught, as you taught, if I recruit them, they look at me as a leader instead of the leader that they're working for, you know, cause I don't mm. recruit them for, I recruit them for other teams in a sense. And so as a long-term youth pastor, recruiting was always something that I did, you know, to right. have a better team and build my team and all those kind of things. Um, so anyway, I, how do I motivate my team better? Do I, do I lay down law? Do I, um, I mean, we've set goals, um, and we've accomplished those goals. Um, but usually because I'm making sure the goals get accomplished, not because they're doing it. Right. Right. Has there ever been a time, let me ask you this question. Has there ever been a time in your ministry where you felt, whether it's this church or in any time in your ministry, where you felt like, okay, you were recruiting, you were doing the, you were doing these things, and the, the team was following you. You ever feel like there was a time where the team was following you? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think there are moments, yes, where I feel like the team is following me, or parts of the team is following me, mm-hmm. um, but not maybe not the whole team. Yeah. One, I would evaluate looking back at your ministry, was there a time where people tend to follow that example, that recruiting example, or whatever that project or vision was? Uh, was there ever a time where you felt like they were doing that? And um, what was unique about that? Why did they follow you then? What, was, what were you saying? What were you doing? What were you activating? What were you pushing? What were you promoting? What were you focused on that caused that to happen that maybe you're not doing now? That's one thing I definitely would look at because I always try to look at people's, when they say, well, this isn't happening. I'm saying, has there ever been a time where it was? Okay, what I'm are you doing? You to repeat, I'm going to need to repeat that because it totally froze. You were... You were a picture on my screen for about oh, 15 okay. seconds. <laughs> no, that's okay. So uh, what I was saying was, is that you, you want to, I always ask people like, is there ever a time where it was working for you? Was there ever a time where, uh, where people got on board with you that they were, they were, they were getting behind that project, you know? And is there ever a time where that happened uh, and then look back to that? I always tell pastors that, not just you, you're asking the question, but I always tell pastors like, when was it? Well, and they'll, they'll always say, oh, dude, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago when I was a youth pastor, I was an associate. Just like I said one thing and all 25 leaders got on board. And I always ask, what's the difference then and now? And don't blame the people. What is it in you that's different from then and now? Because right. if you just say, well, these people are the problem. Well, okay, that doesn't resolve anything. Sure. Uh, so I always, I always start off with challenging. The other thing is I, I do think that especially when you're talking about staff, I think there has to be a level of accountability mm-hmm. uh, that happens. I think there has to be a level of accountability that happens with your staff of like, hey, this is what we said to do. Uh, so if you have a staff of a certain amount of people and you feel like, man, I'm leading the way and no one else is coming with me, one, there's got to be a level of accountability because if you don't have a level of accountability, they just know they can get away with it every time. Right. Uh, you know, you have to have a level of accountability. Secondly, you and I have talked about this before on other other situations. There's got to be a tipping point where it's like, man, this is the staff and these one or two are listening to me. Okay, but maybe I can get it to three or four. And then all of a sudden... It's like you on the staff, you become the oddball if you're the one not doing the recruiting or not following that vision or not doing that thing. You got, culture always goes from the inside out. You got to start with that nucleus and work its way out. But man, if you're setting out a project 
that says, hey, we're going to recruit. We're going to go after this goal for the next whatever amount of days, three months, 90 days. We're going to go after this. And you turn around and feel like 98% of it was done by you. Um, there's a problem somewhere. Yeah, and for sure. there's an accountability issue. There's not a tipping point with a handful of people, which I think you could get one or two on board doing that. Um, and there, there's a there's a vision issue, you know, where they're not jumping on board. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and the other thing I think I would do is uh, what I always love to do. As long as as long as you're willing to hear the answer from one or two or three that you trust. Hey, I say to do this. This doesn't happen. Can you tell me one-on-one privately with the door shut why you think it doesn't happen? What is it in me? What is it the way that I'm presenting it? What is it in what, – what is the reason that it's happening? Because if that's not happening with recruiting, it means it's not happening in a lot of areas. And there's very shallow buy-in. And very shallow buy-in uh, isn't going to get you to the top of the mountain because you can't get there alone. Right. So yeah, sure. and I, think, I think that's a – I think you really got to get to the bottom of that and figure out like what's really happening here. What's really, what's really the issue here sure. uh, and figure out what that real issue is and hold accountable, get some help from one-on-one, get some people to have starting him a tipping point and figure out what that real reason is, because that's a, that, that is not an isolated. And I don't, I don't know that to be a fact, but it's hard for me to believe that that's an isolated heart, a spirit vision issue recruitment you're recruiting you mentioned recruiting it's like no that probably bleeds into a lot of areas sure we we got to figure out why because climbing the mountain you can't do it alone you got to take people with you or you'll never go you'll never go high so to add on to that second half you and i have talked about um celebrating the wins um celebrating the the culture that you're trying to create yeah um so i'm looking for those looking for those one or two that have and then celebrate those is that the way that we get the others to then see the buy-in of yeah. what we're looking for. Is, yeah. is, is that a, is that, am I on the right track there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Celebrating is huge and celebrating, especially celebrating those that are doing it. It's back right. to that whole thing of, yeah. you know, yeah. the stories you tell the heroes you make things you celebrate heroes you make. Yeah, absolutely. Take right. the two or three people that are doing it, make them a hero, applaud them in front of everybody, give them a little gift card, buy them a mm-hmm. Starbucks or whatever. But you're doing something that kind of says, hey, we're celebrating this person. And uh, I think that's added to it. And that creates the tipping point. Right. Because all of a yeah. sudden you become the odd person out when you're the only one not recruiting or whatever the vision is. It's like, it used to be eight of us didn't and only Toby and the two others did it. Now it's like, no, there's nine people doing it and there's only one or two of us that are not doing it anymore. Right. And that's the one thing when you, here's the thing, I'll tell you one more thing. When you get <clears throat> clarity of, of, of what the vision is, clarity of what you want people to do, and then you start you start, you start, you know, holding people accountable and all that. When you get the clarity of what you want to do, the clarity of not just, Hey, let's recruit. No, no. I'm expecting five from you. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no. I want you to build this team. Here's what clarity does. It's funny. Cause I was, I was with the church recently and, and the, some of the staff was complaining going, we need clarity. We need clarity. And I said, you better be careful what you wish for, because here's what clarity does. Clarity exposes weaknesses. 
This is a big one. Clarity exposes weaknesses and it shows you who is leading expectations and who is cheating expectations. Mm, it's good. So it's like, okay. Okay, we're yeah. going to get clear. I'm, okay, we're going to recruit. You're going to get five, 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 five. And then it's like, all right, we're all clear. That clarity will extremely expose who's leading the expectation of the lead pastor and who's cheating the expectation of the lead yeah. pastor. Yeah. Get clarity and watch what happens. Clarity. Okay, yep. that's good. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Um, last one, yeah. uh, team, team building. A small church, small budget. Um what are ways that are within, you know, the, the, not, not that they have to be free, but things we can do uh, other than just having meals together and stuff like that. Um, uh, that they're going to be team building exercises. They're going to draw the team together in, in unity um, so that we're actually laughing and having fun and, and enjoying each other's company in the office and making it a culture to where being in the office or wherever we are together is um, a joy uh, yeah. to be together. Yeah. Well, I do think there's two parts to that. And I, I, I love team building and I love the idea of creating that team. What what I have noticed is I've seen, and I'm not saying you're doing this, I, I, I don't know that at all, but I've seen pastors jump over and go, we're going to do something really fun and go all out and you know, have a barbecue and play volleyball and for a couple hours on a, on a certain day, whatever, whatever the thing is. And they end up forcing a friendship and a collaborative collaborative spirit that isn't there. Okay. It's, it's not there. They're just forcing it. Um, and so I think that part of it is, yeah, you want to go have a meal together um, for sure and all that. I mean, that's good. But again, building friendships with the people, getting those that are on board with you, getting those that are, that are on the team that are somewhat close to you, even closer, and then pulling some of the other people in, and then simultaneously starting to up the game. If you just go out and do, we're going to do this big collaborative team building paintball war, you know, they're just going to look at each other like, we're not, we're not that. Right. Uh, but you want to build up to that. So again, I would start with a handful of the people. If you feel like, man, we don't really have that spirit. But once you feel like you're making momentum in that, it's um, naturally having meals together and Christmas parties and all that. But man, I'm a big fan of let's go see a ball game together. Um, I've done softball games together. I rented out the Rose Bowl one time and we played football, flag football on the on the Rose Bowl field. I mean, who... <laughs> They're, they're standing in a stadium that seats 100,000 people. Like, who gets to play on that field? Uh, right. But we worked that out, you know. And uh, yeah. those are memories that everybody still talks about uh, today. Okay. And, and I think those are memories that you can create. You know, hey, we shut down the office early and we just, you know, went down and played volleyball or, you know, or we went and did something. I, I do think that you have to create – you want to create that atmosphere – but mm -hmm. you want to make sure in the office it's created as well and in the smaller things because otherwise it feels very forced. And I've seen guys go from, we have no relationship, to now we're going to do this big thing. And I'm like, okay. Right. Right, Everybody's right. going to feel like they have to be there right. rather than they want to be there. Sure. Uh, but yeah, building those relationships. Go ahead. Makes sense. just makes me think. You know, like I've been to churches in the past where, you know, the staff retreat and it's just part of what you do. You do a staff retreat. And then yeah. and then I come and I schedule a staff retreat as a senior pastor. And people are like, oh, we've never done that before. We don't want to go. Like, we, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why am I having a hard time getting everyone to show up for something that should just be, you know? And so I've, I've experienced that very thing. Like, okay, they're not all, you know, I was new. So it was like, we're not all friends yet. We're not all uh, having right. relationship to we're doing a retreat together and things like that. So that makes sense that, um, find the thing that a few of them love to do yeah. and go do it with them and invite the others to join in or, you know, until we're right. actually doing things that the people in, into it together, that makes, yep. that makes good sense. Um, and that requires you to get to know the individual hearts of the people who right. are in there exactly. yeah. so that you can do the things that they actually enjoy to do. You know, getting them all to go mini golfing would bore me to death. <laughs> 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 I would, I would do it. I would do it, but that's not my idea of team building. You right. know, that's right. not my idea. Um, of uh growing growing together so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah for me it's get them on the soccer field of course and <laughs> make them go run exactly. well i think <laughs> that, I might have you some know, no, <laughs> well and, and another thing is um you know there's a buddy of mine in nebraska he'll when he does his retreats he he carves out two or three hours where they go and serve somewhere locally in that in that city they find mm-hmm. the outreach and go, okay, it's a three-day retreat, but on this day, from 12 to 3, we're going to serve together. Now, mm-hmm. that may happen on a retreat, but that also could be something that's like, hey, guys, it's Christmas. We're shutting down the office early on December 18th. I'm just making this up, and we're uh-huh. we're going to go down, and we're going to feed the homeless and hand out food and just serve together. There's a lot of breaking down of walls when mm-hmm. you go and serve together. Because you pretty much feel guilty if you go there and have a bad attitude. You don't feel as guilty <laughs> going to have a bad attitude playing volleyball or go bowling with, with the staff right. and try to cut up, which I'm not a big fan of bowling, but it's a great place to cut up and goof off with each other, which is right. you know obviously what we want. But um, the point is, is like it's hard to walk. It can go into a bowling alley going, I don't want to be here. But you <laughs> feel pretty guilty when you're showing up to, to doing that. So you're actually going, Hey guys, let's go serve. And then we'll all go grab something to eat afterwards. Uh, and that's an, that's a good one as well. I saw a buddy of mine do that, not only with the retreats, but I saw a buddy that had a hard time. I was coaching him for a while and they had a hard time creating that collaborativeness and they created just a couple serve opportunities with dinner to follow. And it broke down walls because mm-hmm. again, you didn't have to find something everybody loved. You didn't have that like, oh, I feel forced to go here. I got a lot of work to do. I don't want to do that. It's just hard to go into serving people with a bad attitude because it's all on you then. It's not just, right. I don't want to be here and play softball. Well, that's, you know, it's just, it, it's a it's it's an easy win. If you do yeah. two or three yeah. hours serving as a team, just the staff, right. not the whole church, not a church event, just the staff. Grab something to eat afterwards. Do that two or three times and watch the walls come down. Okay. Sounds so, good. That'll help, I man. Like but hey, I hope that helps today, bro. For sure. Absolutely yeah. good stuff. Love hearing awesome. from you. Awesome. All right. Good, good to hang out with you, man. Appreciate you being on here. Thank you, Chris. Bless you. All right, buddy.